Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. This is episode 10, and today's guest is Blair Badenhop, who is a global brand strategist, copywriter, and someone who is committed to helping wellness entrepreneurs stand out by being themselves. She has her own copywriting company that she's been running since 2014, and she has since supported over 200 coaches, best-selling authors, and million-dollar businesses in the elevation and creation of authentic brand identities and compelling copy for website and program launches. She's the host of Brand Yourself podcast, which I'm featured on this week. So check out my episode on Blair's podcast. And her podcast is rated one of the top 10 for personal branding. In it, she gives listeners a behind the scenes look at what female entrepreneurs have done to build their businesses and create distinct personal brands. So as you might have expected, In the episode with me, I share everything about how I built my brand Breakfast Criminals, how I decided to start my podcast, and all the things about how I use social media to do that. Blair is also the mastermind behind Your Wellness Brand, which is a 10-week coaching program that teaches newbie coaches and entrepreneurs how to leverage their purpose and personalities to stand out online. In this episode, we talk a lot about branding and a lot about how being authentic and true to yourself and connecting to your real purpose is really the way to stand out and create success and impact at the same time. We talk about how you don't have to be anyone else to be successful, and the more you tap into who you really are, the more successful and magnetic you become. And Blair shares her story of coming from the fashion world into ending up in the wellness world and from not feeling like she was on her path and aligned with her purpose to creating a successful global business. She shares how she moved through the fear of being on a large stage. She was a public figure at the Institute of Integrated Nutrition, interviewing people like Mary Forleo and hanging out with Deepak Chopra no big deal. We talk about all of that and how she got there and how she had to release feeling not ready. We talk a lot about honoring your instincts and listening to your gut and how you can tune into the divine guidance. We also discuss when the right time to invest into your business is and to outsource and to hire some things out. Blair also shares her techniques and advice if you're in a place where you're doing all the things but still not attracting the right clients. We go over how to choose a social media platform that is right for you, the role that Leah DiCaprio played in her life and career, I just had to throw that in there, the biggest lesson Blair learned from social media and how she establishes a healthy relationship and healthy boundaries with Instagram, which is her favorite platform, and a lot of other things. Why don't you just listen in? And if you enjoy this podcast, please DM me, Woken Wired, tag me in your screenshots while you're listening, share your takeaways. I get so lit when you send me what you're getting away from this podcast that I created for you. So connect with me and let me know. And definitely check out Blair's podcast, Brand Yourself. Blair, you were one of the first people that I told that I'm launching a podcast and just hearing about your experience doing it at that one event that I did with Robin Euclid and hearing how much you're enjoying it, how you're connecting with people, 
really empowered me to start my own. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inspiring and empowering me. And I'm so excited to see where this goes today. Oh my gosh. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so excited for your podcast. I know it's going to be amazing. And I mean, I'm flattered that I was any source of inspiration to you to create it. I mean, that's pretty cool. So yeah. Your profile on Instagram says brand strategist and copywriter, entrepreneur, a help wellness entrepreneur stand out online. You're the host of the Brand Yourself podcast, creator of your wellness brand, and people can grab your free brand clarity workbook and more in the link to your link below. <laughs> so sounds like you've got a couple of things going on, have to do with branding, entrepreneurship, wellness, and sounds like you're really committed to helping people and specifically wellness entrepreneurs stand out. How, what do you actually do on a day-to-day basis? Hmm. Well, I, I guess, like I said, well, like you said, I'm a brand strategist and copywriter. So what that means is I help people get really clear on how to position themselves in the, in the wellness industry by being who they really are. So I feel like a lot of times we find like we're comparing ourselves to other people and we feel like, oh God, I have to be like that person to be successful. But I like to empower my clients to tune into the fact that they are the only them that exists on the planet. And there is a set of gifts, a set of vision and creativity that already lives inside them. So they don't have to look outside themselves for inspiration. They don't have to be like anyone else in order to be successful. In fact, the more they tap into who they are, I believe the more successful they'll be because they'll be in alignment with their truth. They will be magnetizing the people that they're meant to serve because they're in their authenticity. So that is what I try to empower my clients to do in various ways, one-on-one or in my group program, Your Wellness Brand. From what I know that you've dipped your toes in different sides of wellness entrepreneurship, and it took a second before you really found what your true calling is and what your true self is in the realm of entrepreneurship. So what was your journey? Yeah, I mean, when I, so I landed in the wellness industry kind of by accident. I, what happened was I was working full-time for a nonprofit organization and I had been working in fashion before that. And I kind of just never really felt like I was on purpose. I wasn't on my path yet. I didn't feel like it was right. And I felt that in my body. And then one day I stumbled upon the Institute for Integrative Nutrition's website and just like my whole body lit up and leaned in. Like, it was like, oh my God, this is what I need to do. And I had always been passionate about health and wellness. I was, I had struggled with my own health related things, just like overeating and then restriction and never had an eating disorder, but like I had disordered eating. And so I was always interested in fitness and reading all about health and wellness and, you know, whatever. So that's really what allowed me to dive into the industry. And then as I was getting my health coaching certification, I decided that I needed to work in the wellness industry and that to be like, that was my area. That was like my industry I knew I'd be in. So I started to apply for different jobs and at different companies like my buddy green and like, didn't we all? Yeah, I know. And then I also applied for a job at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and that's where I got hired. And that's where my like real like path began forward. I feel like in on purpose, like being in the right space at the right time. And as I, stepped into that, I, my professional confidence grew, my skills grew. I was speaking in front of audiences of thousands at conferences. And, you know, I was really pushing past my fear because at the time I was before this, I was really insecure about myself and about what I could do. And I was just in the perfect environment to nurture, you know, my truth and, and my strengths. 
And so I dove into entrepreneurship, not by choice. I actually, after working in integrative nutrition for three years and having leadership positions, I was, I, I left and was given a severance package and I found myself kind of like, okay, what do I do now? And I had been kind of health coaching on and off. And I was like, okay, maybe it's time for me to have my health coaching practice. And then I started doing that. And while also interviewing for other jobs and I, and then I started marketing consulting and it just, I was just all over the place. It was a mess. And I kind of just was trying to really trust myself in the process, trust the unfolding of my life in the process, which was really uncomfortable. It was very uncertain. I didn't know like what was going to happen, but I just kept on trusting my instincts along the way. And so eventually I found myself working full-time, actually no, part-time at, at Parsley Health as a health coach. And I took that on and then I was just trying to figure out what this business was on the side. And eventually I realized that health coaching was not my path. It wasn't my purpose. It was to help other entrepreneurs in the wellness industry with my writing talent, with my coaching background, with, you know, just all these different things that I was naturally passionate about and just felt really connected to and more like what I was meant to be doing. A quick little side note is that I've always been a writer ever since I was little. I was writing in journals and writing stories, and it was always my favorite thing. And I never really believed I could have a career doing that because it, it seemed like it was so impossible to be a freelance writer and you know all these things. And here I was stepping into this thing that I always felt like I was meant to be doing, but didn't really think was possible. And then it just kind of took on a life of its own. And, and because I you know, love the wellness industry and I'm surrounded by amazing people and always have been in the space, then you know, it just kind of took off on its own. It just, you know, there, I was getting a lot of referrals and, and then suddenly it was a business and I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. Hmm. Yeah. You know, this sounds incredible. And I'm sure some of the listeners are thinking, that sounds so easy, can't be that easy. You know, on the one hand, once you step on your path, I know from experience, it does flow that way. Yes, it takes a lot of work, some sleepless nights, working weekends, all of these things. But because you're doing something that is so aligned with your truth, it doesn't feel like you're working that much. And so for me, and it sounds like for you too, once you get in that state of flow, things just start to click in and people resonate with that and they start hiring you and your business grows. But I want to track back a little bit. How did you go exactly from finding IAN to speaking to thousands of people? That's a big deal. <laughs> you kind of like tumbled through that, but that's a big I deal. I know. Okay. So I started out there as a project manager and I was still in this very like insecure space. I was like, okay, I love this environment. It was very nurturing and loving and my my boss I loved and I loved my team. And so I was in this like really nice little incubator. It was like warm and cozy and everyone was really sweet. And so I felt like I could finally step out of my shell and, and step out of protecting myself because I had come from fashion and having awful, awful bosses who were bullies. And, you know, so I was just very coming from a very small, tender place. And then that space just allowed me to really open up and kind of blossom. And as I was able to do what I was good at, I, I got promoted and I was asked to lead a team and I made more money. And then I became the face of this ambassador program, an affiliate program. And I was known as Coach Blair. And <laughs> everyone in the community knew me because I was like sending out these regular emails. My face is on a lot of things. And like Tom from MSN? I guess so. <laughs> I don't even know him. Or like the Geico lizard. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of like this little, this face of this thing and internally in the community. And, you know, there's like 10, there were tens of thousands of people 
receiving my emails. And then part of my role was to speak at the annual conferences every year. And so I would talk, I would be the MC, and then I would have to do my own little 10 minute talk about, you know, how to share integrated nutrition and kind of spread the ripple effect and, you know, spread the mission of the school. And so that 10 minute talk was like the scariest thing I ever did the first time. And I was still scared every time I did it after that. I did it four times and I emceed twice. And I was introducing speakers like Marie Forleo and Dr. Oz. And I met Deepak Chopra and Ariana Huffington. And I was just surrounded by these people I was so like had such admiration for and respect for. And I was getting to like interact with them on stage. I mean, I did a Q&A with Marie Forleo on stage. And like, I was like, is this happening? Like, I was just like, so in awe of the moment, but also terrified. And so I was really, you know, having to move through all of these really scary things inside me up. You know, there was a lot of I canting inside my body. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Oh my God. And I was like sweating and like all these things. But as I kept moving forward anyway, as I kept stepping into it and just feeling the fear and being like, it's okay, we're going to keep going. Like I was able to move past those fears. I was able to grow. And so while I was speaking on stages like a couple times a year, it was still horrifying and made me really anxious, but I did it and I enjoyed it after the fact it was such like so exhilarating. And um, so, yeah, that's how that all kind of happened. So, you know, I think, first of all, it's such a confirmation when you end up surrounding yourself and finding yourself in the company of industry leaders. That's just such a confirmation that, yes, you are on the right path. You're doing the right thing. And I can only imagine how exhilarating it must have felt to be on that stage. That's absolutely incredible. And, you know, the thing I want to point out is that you had those fears. You had those insecurities. And what most of us will do in those situations is not even take on the projects that feel, you know, scary or we we feel like we're not ready for, but you kept taking them on and somehow moving through those fears and insecurities. So were there any particular tools or books or coaches you worked with to really move through that? Yeah. So I've always been into personal growth. I think my first personal growth book was from at age 22. I was reading A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. That was my first book. And it just awakened me to the fact that my feelings were not me. Uh, My fears were not me. And so I had been aware of that since that young age and had used that as a way to like move through different difficult moments in my life, whether it was, you know, in relationship or in my career. And, um, you know, when I would, (laughs) when I would, before I'd get on stage, I would do a meditation. I would sit and get, you know, get really centered and feel my heart beating and just be like in it. And then I'd also listen to a really motivational little tidbit from Abraham Hicks. And it was like really like uplifting. I think it just really brought my vibration up a little bit. And so I was able to like, remember that this is just part of my journey. You know, I'm so, I don't know, there are like little tools like that that I would use. And I just, you know, I would just pace. (laughs) I mean, I would just like, you know, move my body. I feel like I'm a very heady person. I can get really in my head and I'm a Gemini and, and like, so I have a lot of energy and sometimes it winds up all the way up here. And so I'm not really in my body. And so I've learned that the more I can be in my body, that I can feel my feet on the ground, take a deep breath and feel it in my belly and just breathe into where the anxiety is. Like then I'm just able to kind of like soften a little bit and just like be present and not really let my mind be the thing that's driving Everyone listening there, why don't we just all take a deep breath in and feel our feet on the ground right now? 
<sighs> I'm not a Gemini, but I suffer or struggle or deal, however say that. I also have a lot of things stuck in my head. And a lot of times I find myself not being in my body. So this was such a great reminder to just be with everything that arises and then just stay in action. I think that's a very important thing. Mm-hmm. There's so much talk about manifestation and visualization. And whenever I give workshops or talks about this, I caught myself that it sounds like this dreamy, wonderful thing, but really it's important not to just get clear on what we want and make those lists, but take action. And for some people, it comes innately. Like for me, I'm just always, always in action since I can remember myself. For you, it seems like it does too. Mm-hmm. So all the things that are happening to you now, your own business, what happened at IAN, was that something you visualized and really uh, intentionally went for? You know, yes, there's actually a, a moment I really remember. I was, so my ex-boyfriend that I was with for a really long time, his family, part of his family lived in Maine in Bar Harbor. And we would go up there to kind of just get out of the city, like on, you know, in the summer or whenever. And um, his mom was, is really spiritual. Um, and she's, She's just kind of a really inspiring woman. And one day she was like, why don't you just spend some time by yourself? And, you know, don't worry about what those guys are doing. You know, she's like, you can take my beach chair, go sit on the beach and journal um, and just do, you know, do what you need to do. And so, cause I was at this point where I was really unhappy with my job and I was just like, I need to like figure out how to do this wellness thing. So I sat on the beach and I just wrote out, I really want to work in the wellness industry. I really want, I feel like I want to be a project manager that feels really good. I like being organized. I like tasks. And I was just like, I really like that. And I made a list of all these different companies I wanted to apply to. And I got really, really centered in that. And it felt really good in my body. And I just remember sitting there having all this space in the ocean in front of me and like journaling. And and then I, you know, when I got back to, to I was living in Hoboken at the time, right outside New York. And when I got home, I just you know, started updating my resume. I sent a bunch of applications and I had applied to integrative nutrition before and never heard back. And then I just did it again and I got an interview. And at first, you know, they offered me a really low salary. And I said, no, because I was, I was like, I can't, I can't go backwards. And so finally they came back to me, maybe like, a, I don't know, a few weeks later. And they were like, you know what, we'll meet, meet you where your current salary is at. And so I just made a lateral move, which was, so awesome. And I honestly had struggled with how little I was making for the longest time when I first started out in my, you know, my personal career, my career. And um, I was just like, am I ever going to get to $50,000? You know, like I was making like 30 something, 35, 40, 45. And I was just like, I couldn't get to that place where I felt really comfortable um, with my finances. And it was just so finally I did that. I made that decision. And when I, when I started working there, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I'm just going to do it. And as soon as I arrived on the first day, I was like, I'm just so grateful. And before I walked in that first day, I sat in Madison square park and journaled and was like, this is how I want this, this day to go. Like, I want to feel confident. I want to feel this. And, and so I walked in just feeling good. And I moved through a lot of like fear and like self doubt in that process. And, but as I did that, as I like showed up for myself and like did the work, but also was felt really connected to the company and like the, the mission. And like, I really believed in what, what they're doing that helped me like stop worrying so much about myself. Cause it wasn't just about me. It was about something bigger than me. And I think that also helped me to kind of move through the fear. And so what are some of the things you do now when 
you know, when you go on your own, you have your own podcast, your own practice, that's a totally different game. There's no security blanket. One month you might have a lot of clients, another month you have none. Totally normal. So what are some of your practices to really stay connected to why you do it? And why do you, why do, you do it? Mm. You know, I feel like my mission has changed over the years and evolved. The reason I do what I do now is because I believe it's my purpose on the planet to support healers, gurus, people that are going to transform and awaken people to their highest selves, their, their deepest well-being, um, to communicate what they do and to connect with their clients. I think that that's why I'm here. I feel like I'm a channel for people's messages. Like I think that's really deeply what I do. And the reason I do that is because I feel like, you know, everyone on this planet needs to really heal in a lot of different ways. And I think there's so many people who are naturally gifted and are meant to do that on the planet. And I'm there to empower them to do that while also being who they really are. Because I feel like our whole lives, we are kind of told we're not enough. As we are, we have to fit into a mold. We have to be well-liked. We have to be pretty and thin and all these things. And and we feel like not enough. And we feel like we have to fix ourselves all the time. And I think, you know, as we move into adulthood and as we're, you know, anyone in the wellness industry is more mindful and into personal growth and recognizes that, like, we have to really own who we are and to feel really whole. And so when we start businesses, we also have to own that too, especially when we have personal brands. We have to be really, really connected to our truth and really believe that we are enough. Because when we are whole, when we feel whole, when we come from that place, we magnetize the opportunities, the clients that we're meant to have. And I feel like I know this because I've experienced it in my own business. The more I have aligned with myself and my truth and my gifts and what I love to do and poured my love and my, my, my heart into everything with my clients, the more it's like grown. And, you know, I would say that like, it's been a steady growth. Like I haven't had like any crazy big break moments or anything. It's slow and steady. And every year I make more money. Every year I help more people. Every year I learn something new about how to grow and, and evolve my business, but also to like be a leader in my business and to step more and more into leadership and to trust myself in that process. And I think, you know, the more authentic I am and the more I, myself I am, the more those opportunities show up. And so I've just witnessed that in my own experience. And also, if we look at some of the most successful people in the industry, I mean, Ksenia, you're so successful and you're completely yourself. Like, you're never trying to be anyone you're not. And there's like Gabby Bernstein or whoever, you know, the, even the, the craziest multi-million dollar people who are successful are not being anyone else. They're being themselves and they're owning their journeys and stories and, and you know, wounds and all the things that make us who we are. And so like the more authentic and the more vulnerable and open and just like how we can honor our truth, or our gifts, the more successful we'll be. And that's really what I believe. And that's why I do what I do. I'm so clear now why we've been put together and why our paths kept crossing. Because a couple of years ago, I had an experience where I was given my mission as well. And it's very similar to yours. It's to use specifically social media to empower the healers of the world and people who want to transform the world to share their message online, mm, you know? Yeah, so, so cool. I just recently came out of my closet of doing this with clients. You're doing it very publicly. And from your experience working with clients like this and... From my experience, what I've noticed is that a lot of people who are healers and gurus, you know, they have an incredible vision. They meditate daily. They're so connected to what they want to create, but they just don't have that access 
to how do I share that on Instagram? How do I make it deep and beautiful and resonate with real life people? So there's this huge gap. And what has been in your experience, what is it really? Maybe there's certain components, certain skills that help those kinds of people, healers and and change makers, make a positive difference in the world using branding and technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what I'll say about that is that I think sometimes, you know, the visionaries are not like innately talented in communicating what they do in a way that people are going to understand, especially like a spiritual person. It's hard to really translate what that means to people. So I feel like I'm the person that grounds the vision and is able to communicate exactly what it is in a way that's going to resonate with their target audience. So, you know, in, in a marketing, you know, from a marketing perspective, you know, you can't really sell anything unless you know what the solution is that you offer and you know that it works, you know, you know how you want to position yourself and what you want to be known for. And you know who your target audience is. If you do not know your target audience, you're not going to be able to sell anything because you have to speak their language. And I talk a lot about this on my podcast and in my work. You just have to really know them on a deep, deep level. You have to know them like what they, when they wake up first thing in the morning, how do they feel? Like what, how do they feel in their body? You know, what's the thing that's getting in the way of them having what they want in their lives. And how is your solution the thing that's going to get them from point A to point B? So I think that, you know, the the heart-centered people of the world, the people that want to heal people and to awaken people, you know, are so gifted in that thing. But it's like they can't bring it to life online because they don't know how to talk about it. They don't know how to explain it because it's so part of who they are. And so I help reflect back to them, like, this is how we talk about it. Does that sound good to you? And and in the process, I'm not like saying this is it. You have to do it this way. I'm empowering people to really see what's already true for them and to like communicate it back to them in a way that feels really aligned and authentic. So so that's kind of how I feel like I do it and what I do. I'm sure it's very similar for you. You've- yeah, definitely. For me, I'm more of the space and the clearing that really listens to people and tries to put my finger on what it is that they want to communicate. And then I just reflect back to them what they said and what I'm feeling in this space. And then they have these enormous breakthroughs. Like last night, I had this consult with this incredible woman who is combining wellness and fashion, empowerment, and and style, personal style. And it was so incredible to just work with someone who's so ready to deliver it to women and so committed to bring her offering to the world and just needed a little cheerleading and a little more clarity of saying, yes, you can do this. These are the words that may help you. This is like the format that may help you. And we all need that. We all need that. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, people come to me all the time and they're like, I have so many ideas. I feel like I could go in different directions with this. I have multiple passions but how, how do I do this? I don't know what I'm doing. And they feel really stuck and they're just like, I can't articulate it. Or I just don't feel confident in what I'm doing. And the clarity piece is so, so, so important. You know this, but that's step one. It's kind of like you really need to get clear and grounded on your idea and your thing. And then you can start to really communicate it. And I do believe that we need people to reflect this stuff back to us because we're too close to it sometimes. Like we, even those of us who have our own brands, like we also need people to help us because even though we're experts in these things, 
sometimes it, it really helps to have that reflection and, and for somebody to be like, oh yeah, that's your, that's your thing. This is what you're saying. And we can't always hear ourselves in, in our, in our own truth. We, you know, for me, I journal a lot and journaling actually helps me to really get clear, but I do feel like having someone else to be like confirming that this is a good idea and that this is the thing that I need to be doing is such a confidence booster for sure. You know, I find that we all know exactly what we should be doing. It's right there in our gut. Whether we have access to it or not, that's one thing. It just takes practice. But then whether we follow it or not, it's just a matter of choice and commitment. Yes. And so I love your approach in that you don't tell your client, this is the way. You know, I do a similar thing where I present my vision or I present what I heard and then I ask them, how does that feel for you? Mm. And it's not going to go anywhere unless they feel like it's right. And they may sometimes have to take a day or a week to sit on it or sleep on it. But it's never going to go far unless it truly resonates and feels true in that person's experience. Mm. I totally agree. I mean, like I said, I, I really want to empower people to be aligned with their truth and to know their truth. And so, yeah, I do a discovery process with every client that I work with one-on-one where I ask a ton of clarifying questions. I have to know who they are, where they're coming from, why they want to do what they're doing, what their vision is for that. And then I can, then it's kind of like, okay, now that I know you now, like, let's talk more about this business stuff, because I feel like we, where we come from and, and our perspective on things actually is part of our brand you know, like how we landed here, our story, all these things. And so, you know, you want to align your story with your business, you know, if you're a solopreneur. And so, yeah, like helping them to see how their story fits into this and how it reflects on what they want to be doing. And, and um, yeah, just, yeah, we're, we're saying reflect a lot, but it's like, we're just reflecting back to help them see the truth over and over again. So they can really see what what's really there versus us being like, oh, no, this is exactly what you should be doing. And da, da, da. Um, empowerment and, and helping people realize that they are leaders already and they just need to step into it and they need to own it is like huge in being an entrepreneur. What are some of the favorite projects you've gotten to work on? Um, oh gosh, um, so many. I mean, whenever I work with a spiritual teacher, I am like, feel like I'm learning from this person. I mean, there's so many clients I've learned from just through our discovery sessions. Someone that comes to mind is Matt Kahn. He is this spiritual teacher. He's amazing. He has a YouTube channel. If you don't know him, you should check him out. He's He brings humor and just this whole different perspective on spirituality that you usually don't hear about. And his theory is that our spiritual journey isn't about our soul. It's about the body. And it's about letting your body lead you in your life. And it's so fascinating. And I just... Anyway, I really enjoyed that project because I got to know him and he's a medium, he's a healer. He just has such a gift for what he does. And so I'm always, I always feel so honored when I get to serve someone who's really going to be impacting the consciousness of the planet. Like I'm like, whoa, this person is so gifted and here I am helping them communicate their message. And he was so happy with the copy and he's like, you have just completely changed how I thought I could communicate about this. And it's always in a way of bridging the gap between this, this expert and the audience so that they can meet, so they can connect and so he can serve more people. So that's one project that comes to mind. And I mean, I have a group program called your wellness brand and it's, you know, an intimate group of about 10 entrepreneurs who are just kind of starting out or getting their, their whole business going. And 
It's just, there's so many breakthroughs that happen and there's so much internally around self-doubt that people can move through and clarity that people get. And then at the end of it, they're like, I never thought I could do this. I never thought I'd be here where I was so confused when I started. And now I know exactly where I'm going and I feel really confident and I know it's going to be something. And it's just like, that's why I do it. Cause it's like, yes, you can. You just have to like get through the, the kind of the noise and the clutter that's in your own mind. So the thing that probably a lot of you guys listening are thinking is, and I certainly had that, that I need to be in a certain place of clarity and knowing where I need to go before I invest into my brand. Why would I hire a copywriter, a branding expert, a strategist, if I'm not even sure what I'm doing? It might change two weeks later. For me personally, I've started so many projects and I bought so many different domains and some of them lived for a month. Some of them live for six months and some of them are gone within weeks. And some of them live on like breakfast criminals for five years and counting now. So what is a good time for someone to really start thinking seriously about their brand and, and hire and invest in help outside? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the person. You know, I've worked with people who are still enrolled into integrative nutrition. They're becoming health coaches and they they know which direction they want to go in for the most part, but they they want to really launch their business with a real website that's actually them. They don't want to just launch like a templated website, which I see a lot of people do. And I say that I feel like that's actually not serving you when you launch a website without really getting clear on these things first. So, I mean, I think it you have to trust your gut instincts on this kind of thing. Like if you feel like you really have a sense of what you, the direction you want to go in, but you're, you're not really sure to bring it to life online. You're not really sure to communicate about it. You don't really know who your target audience is. You have resistance to choosing a target audience. And you, or you're, you've launched a website and it's just not really working for you. You know, you're, you're not really getting any clients. People don't, when you try to talk about what you do, you kind of stumble around and, and then your website doesn't really communicate it effectively. So, you know, in either of those scenarios, that would be, um, uh, be like an opportunity for you to hire help. I do think that, you know, if you are, have no idea what you want to do, you are still kind of in this process of like learning and figuring it out. And maybe you want to take on some test clients to see if you actually even want to do one-on-one coaching or whatever it is. Give yourself space to explore that. But if you're someone that knows you're ready to like launch into this and that you see the value in branding who you are and you're ready to do that, you're ready to figure that out, like then that's, that's a good time to do it. But I, like I said, I think I would honor your instincts. Always on everything, 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 everything. And I have to say, trusting myself in my gut was something I struggled with for the longest time. It's actually one of my biggest life lessons is trusting my intuition. And this got me in trouble in my life, mostly in really an area of a relationship where I just could not trust my instincts around this one relationship. And this is a wonderful person, but we were not a good fit. And I kind of knew it from the very beginning, yet I moved in with him. And then I got back together with him after we broke up. And, you know, I feel like he was a huge teacher for me. But as soon as that that relationship finally concluded, and I finally said, okay, this is not the right person for me. And I honored that truth for myself. Not only was I relieved, but I, I promised myself I would never betray my intuition again, because I felt like I was compromising my truth for so long and compromising myself. I just felt like I was compromising myself and my truth. And, and I just, I promised myself that I wouldn't compromise myself and my truth because I knew all along, I knew the truth and I just needed all this proof in order to make the right choice. And I realized that I can't get 
information from outside me. I have to listen to what's really true for me. And I denied it for so long and I was unhappy and disconnected from myself. And then as soon as I honored that truth, and as soon as I, you know, broke off the relationship, you know, I was, I felt empowered. I felt like now is the time for me to make decisions from this place every single day, every day. And I just started to flex that muscle. If there was a time, for example, I wasn't, I couldn't really remember the street that I needed to go to this cafe on. I would tune in and be like, okay, which direction do I think it really is? And then I would trust it. And then I'd go and it would be right. So it's like, you know, there are different ways to practice this, but I think it's so important to trust your instincts in business because I think a lot of times we can get very heady and strategy focused and very cerebral about how we go about it, but your gut and being connected to your truth the whole time is so important when you make decisions, make investments, all that stuff. So how much of your work comes from intuition and how many of the projects you put out there or take on? from that place and how much of it is strategy and how do you find the perfect balance between those two Mm. you know it's all instincts you know i i just know when to talk strategy know when to like for example when i'm doing a clarity session with a client you know i'll be like you know i know you're saying this thing but i'm feeling like you really want to do this thing and just like inviting them to like really see what's true. And then the strategy part is more like, okay, how do we create a website and create the copy that's going to create a great user experience for your audience? And actually, yeah. So there's the piece where, you know, what during our brand clarity sessions, I feel like is really where my intuition is playing a role. And then, you know, I'll reflect back to a client, you know, what they're telling me, but then I, I might have a feeling in my gut that actually they kind of want to go in this direction and I'll communicate that to them. So, so I, j- I just really try to honor my truth. And I also try to not be afraid to tell my client what's actually coming up for me, because I think sometimes, you know, we can think, oh God, like I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, but I, you know, I find every time that I really honor that it helps them get more clear. So that's really where I feel like the intuition plays a role in that very beginning phase. And then when we move into creating their website copy, when I talk to them about how to structure their website and create a great user experience so that when we put the copy in the website, it's actually going to get people's attention, engage your audience, and then have them do take that, that action that you want them to take. That's when the strategy plays a role because I know that stuff and I know it works. So it's, it's I think that I just know, I instinctively know when to bring both into play. What would you tell to someone who is doing all the things, who is listening to your podcast maybe and posting on Instagram, sharing their message, who's kind of clear on what they're bringing to the world, but it's just not picking up. And they're looking around, they're looking at people who have 100,000 followers and a million subscribers and just wonder, you know, what am I doing wrong? Why is this not picking up? What's missing? Mm. Well, I think it's usually one of two things. One is something's out of alignment for you. So that, that means that maybe something internally feels a little bit off for how you're putting yourself out there. Maybe the pathway forward that you've chosen actually is something that you felt like you should do, but there's that, another thing you think that you feel more drawn to, and maybe you're just not honoring that yet. So I would say just kind of check in with yourself. Do I really feel aligned with what I'm creating? Is this authentic to me? Is this message really mean something to me? And then the other thing is you don't, the other, like, scenario that maybe it's not working for you is because you don't know your target audience. So one of them is a little bit more ethereal of an option. You're not really honoring your truth, which is a bit more energetic. So you're not really energetically connected to your work. And the second is more strategic. So do you really understand the pain points, the desires, 
the day-to-day experience of your target audience. If you don't understand that, then your words are going to fall flat. And oftentimes I see people making their Instagram posts a little bit too much about themselves and not offering value to their, their reader or the person interacting with their content. And so I would reassess how you're handling that. And, and do you really know that person deeply enough? Do you need to take it a step further? Do you need to adjust to that audience is? And also just see who you're already attracting and who you've been attracting maybe naturally and just kind of take stock of, of what's showing up for you. So yeah, those are the two things that I would suggest reassessing if you are not attracting clients. And also I'll add a third thing in there. Are you being consistent? Are you consistently sharing content with your audience? Are you emailing your list regularly? Are you posting on Instagram daily? Are you on Insta story? Are you really, really putting yourself out there enough? I think a lot of times we post here and there, we think we're doing enough, but actually you need to be consistently sharing what you do all the time, like repeating yourself, repeating yourself, repeating yourself, repeating yourself, because people are inundated with content and information all day long. They're on Instagram They are seeing messages here and there and there, and they may miss yours sometimes. So you have to make sure you're always sharing regularly. That's such a great point. And I remind myself that all the time because I said something a year ago doesn't mean because it's in my Instagram bio doesn't mean everyone knows that. So whatever is the most important thing for me, I need to keep reinforcing and putting it out there and putting it out there. And it's my responsibility for people to be aware of it. And when I meet someone and they've been following me on Instagram for five years and they didn't know I have a website, that's not their mistake. It's my opportunity to look over of my content and how consistent have I been on making sure people know I have a blog. So that's great. And if there was a number four, and if I may add, and that was my next question for you, actually, is finding your platform. You know, you may be putting mm-hmm. all your time, all your energy on Instagram, but really what captures your personality the best is YouTube or podcast. So tell me about your relationship with social media and what your favorite platform is and how you found your medium. Cause right now it sounds like podcasting is your favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, Instagram had been my first social media love, I guess. I just, I'm a very visual person. I also, I'm a photographer, so I don't really promote that, but I do that for people sometimes, (laughs) which is really fun. So I just like, I've always been visually, I don't know, just an artist, I guess. And so Instagram feels like art to me. It's a way for me to express my visual preferences and who I am through pictures. And then also to write and to share my heart with people and like my, my strategy, my strategy, my strategic mind can't say it. So so yeah, I would say Instagram was the first thing. And then the reason I got the idea of the podcast came from a conversation with a friend, a mentor of mine. And I was like, how do I take my business to the next level? How do I make myself more, put myself out there more? And um, she was like, start a podcast. And I was like, cool. And then I had a conversation with this woman I talked to once a year, once or twice a year, who's kind of like a medium and she just like, I see you with like a microphone, just like standing in front of a big audience. And I was just like, interesting. I was just on the phone with a friend earlier today that I should start a podcast. Wow. So I just honored that and I did it. You know, I, when I get an idea, I just go for it. I don't let myself get all caught up in perfection or whatever. I just dive in. So I was like, okay, how do I do this? And I was about to get married. So I knew I was going to launch after I got, I got married, but I started the process before the wedding and before the honeymoon so that I could get all my ducks in a row. And 
I love it so much. And the reason I love it so much is because I just really enjoy having real conversations with other women in business and hearing what it really took them to get where they are, because they feel like it's often a mystery to all of us, you know, and we see perfect, beautiful images on Instagram and, and like kind of the highlight reel of people's lives. But, and I think people are being more vulnerable these days on an Insta stories, especially, but I don't know. I just wanted to tell, see the truth and pull back the curtain on what it really takes. And so I love having these conversations not only because we, I get to hear these amazing stories from different entrepreneurs, but I also feel like I make friends in the process and I'm able to like really connect with people and, and kind of, you know, recognize the fact that we share the same values and that we're really all here to make an impact. And it just, it, it literally energizes me after every single call I have, I'm just like bopping around, like so excited. And I will never stop. I like, and at this point, I am so devoted to this podcast. It's not even funny. And Instagram is just kind of like, you know, the thing that I have fun with too. But the podcast is like my true love, I think. And by the way, guys, Blair recorded an episode with me. So look out for that on Brand Yourself podcast. We went really deep there. And I actually really, really, really enjoyed that conversation. Oh my God, me too. It was one of my favorites for sure. So I have a few really fun questions for you. What was your first screen name? God. <laughs> Sugar Gem 611. <laughs> and Gem for Gemini. I really wanted a Gemini screen name, but they didn't have it. So I was like, Sugar Gem, sounds cute. <laughs> Why Sugar? I don't know. I thought it was sweet. I I chose it because I thought it sounded cute. It was not authentic at all like I was like oh that's cute like this is kind of like my friends like I'll do it like hers and I'll have my my 611 which is my birthday June 11th at the end oh your birthday is coming up yeah so what was a computer game you loved the most growing up sims yes me too with you when you build like the how the whole like neighborhood in town yeah Mm -hmm. that one and then there was this game I don't remember what it was called but it was like I remember there was an aspect of it where there was a, it was like a learning thing for teenage girls. And <laughs> there was a part where this girl, there was like a choice you could make. You could, if you were embarrassed to get tamp by tampons from the store, you could either steal them or buy them. And if you stole them, like you were, went behind bars and then if you bought them, like it was okay. And I don't really remember what this was, but <laughs> so random. And I remember playing it and loving it. It is hilarious. Another thing I'll mention, because I'm thinking of it now. I had a wall of Leonardo DiCaprio images right next to my bed. Very important. I was very obsessed with him. And I would get really upset knowing that I would never meet him. But there's still time. There's still time. Why would you tell yourself you'd never meet him? <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't think it was possible. I didn't think yeah. it was, But, you know, I know we've crossed paths before, you know, so. Anything's possible. Yeah. I know a gym where he works out, so we can talk about that later. Okay. I mean, honestly, like I liked him back then. I don't know how I feel about him these days, but um, yeah. Now you respect his artistry. I do. Oh yeah. He's such a great actor. Do you remember the first social media network you got on? I think there was something in high school. I don't remember what it was called, but it was like a message platform and you could like gossip about people. It wasn't a very nice platform. It was awful, actually. That one. And then... I don't know, is AOL Instant Messenger count? Yeah. I was on there. That was like the most exciting thing. Email and and then Facebook came out when I was in college. Do you remember spending hours and hours on Facebook and curating your wall and 
There was also this option of view your Facebook page as someone else. And I would do this all the time. Yes, totally. I would change my picture all the time. Yeah, I don't even really remember what else was on there, but... Oh yeah, it was such a big deal. It was there was like really nothing you could even do on there, you know. Like now there's so much you can do on Facebook, and I'm just like create your profile and make friends and talk to them. <laughs> so fascinating how back then it was, it was all just starting out. It was such a personal thing, and then we have witnessed it become a huge part of business for so many people, or the source of main income. Like for me, mm-hmm. it's so interesting to watch that transition, and with all of that. I'm curious to know, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from social media so far? Biggest lesson about social media is that you need space from it. I feel like for me, I'll fully admit that I'm addicted to Instagram. (laughs) Like I, there's really no way around it. I love looking at it. I love being on it, but I feel like it doesn't, it pulls me out of reality and it's not real. Like that is not real. And so the amount of time that I feel like I've spent on it in certain moments is really unhealthy. So I feel like just creating space between yourself and social media mindfully and intentionally every single day is essential. I mean, I feel like that's the most important thing to know about social media. If you're going to start using it, if you're not using it already, or if you do use it, I'm sure you can relate to what I'm talking about. But yeah, I think create space and be intentional about it. So like, why are you using it? I mean, I think For me, it's more of a business platform now, and I do just enjoy it personally, but you know, I'm looking at it more as a business at this point so that it doesn't dictate how I feel, which it has before, you know, just kind of, we compare and despair and and sometimes see things that trigger us and make us not feel so great. So I feel like just having a healthier relationship with social media would be my biggest lesson. How do you personally create those boundaries? So my first rule is in the morning, I don't look at my social media or email until I do my morning ritual. So ideally that always looks like not looking at it till like 9am ish. And that way I'm able to like kind of bookmark the beginning of my day with not bookmark. That way I'm able to just have the space in the beginning of the day to really tune in, to really set my intentions to not be pulled into something that could potentially make me feel really crappy about myself right off the bat. And that sets the tone for the day. So that's like my hard and fast rule. I'm not going to say I'm perfect at it. I'm definitely not. But the majority of the time I succeed at doing that. And then there are moments where, you know, I go in and out, but that one's super, super important to me. And then also the other thing that I do is when I'm working during the day, I put my phone in airplane mode and set a timer for 30 minutes so that I can do focused work for that period of time. I cannot tell you how much like involuntarily I pick up my phone and just look at it and get caught in this loop of looking at things. So that one is, has been helpful. Like that one has been so helpful around my productivity and focus because I feel like social media has made me a little bit ADD. Totally agree with you. It's designed to distract us. So it's so wonderful to have those rituals and those boundaries. And I hope you guys all get to try it and let us know how it goes. Another question that I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on is podcasting is such a hot thing right now. You got into it a little bit before it became this big and hot. And now there's so many people entering the game. And so, you know, the thought may be, is it too late or is it going to get oversaturated? And there's too many people already speaking it. What would you tell someone who is debating getting there, but is not sure that there's space still to enter the game? Well, I would say that there's room for everyone 
always. I think, don't think about it from a scarcity mindset, first of all, but ask yourself, why are you doing this? Like, is this really something you feel really passionate about? Is it something that lights you up? It gets you excited. Is this a topic you really want to talk about? That's really important to you. You know, if you're going to launch a podcast and you want it to be successful, what you're, the content you're creating and the kind of show you're creating is largely going to influence how successful it is. And you feeling really aligned and passionate about it is also going to, again, magnetize your listeners. So I would say there's definitely room, but you have to have a really good concept that you feel really aligned with. What is your practice for connecting to your intuition and connecting to the higher guidance? When I get an idea and I get really excited about something, I'm like, ooh, 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 ooh. And I have like a million, million, like, I'm just always, always thinking about it. That's when I know that I have to do it. I just, whatever I feel really excited. And again, like getting into your body, feeling how your body feels about it is so important. So when I'm thinking about something and it gets me excited and I'm like, I can't wait to do it. Like every interview I have, I'm so excited to talk to these people. That's a sign for me that it's a yes. If something feels heavy and like, or just, just feels limiting or I contract a little bit, that's when I know that it's actually not going to maybe serve me. It, it's going to feel hard. And so when something feels hard, I feel like you also don't put your whole heart into it because it's, it's almost like there's just like a little bit of a barrier to it being like full and like open and real. So I would say that, you know, if I get really excited about something, it's a yes. If I, if I feel that other way, it's basically a no. And then when I'm making decisions, I always tune into my gut. So like down here and I will visualize the decision, yes or no in this one situation and feel into which one feels lighter. And that's usually how I make my decisions. If I'm like at a point where I really need to tune in there and I just don't know, I don't, I'm not really sure yet. Besides your podcast, what is making you feel woke right now? Honestly, we are in such a pivotal moment in history, I feel like on the planet. I feel like now is the time for all of us to really step into our leadership and our truth within ourselves. And like, it gets me really fired up to empower other women to step into that. I feel like there's such a big shift happening for the feminine at the moment. And it's really exciting to see so many women just finally be able to express their truth in, in good and bad ways and, and to get recognition and support and not be like silenced or told that they're being crazy or something. You know, it's, it's so empowering for all of us. So I feel like just being able to be surrounded by more and more people who are honoring their truth and stepping into leadership as women and supporting each other, really supporting each other, yes. not gossiping, not being mean, not belittling, not talking about each other behind each other's back. We have to unite and just be supporting each other. So I would say that makes me really excited to see that. And, you know, I'm not, I don't consider myself a vocal activist or anything. I'm, that's not my style, but what I, I show my feminism and activism through my work and who I support in my work. And most of my clients are women and my podcast is for female entrepreneurs. And I, I, just that's because who I want, that's who I want to support right now. And and I naturally feel drawn to that. That's intuitively how I feel. I'm always honoring my truth in this process. I'm not, I feel like a lot of times we even feel like, oh God, I have to be this thing in order to show that I'm supporting women or supporting the evolution of what's happening in our world right now. And it's like, just do it your way. It's okay. Do it your way. Oh, sister. This has been such a wonderful conversation. And I loved hearing about your journey. 
And I'm excited for you guys to check out Blair's podcast, Brand Yourself, listen to the episode where she interviews me. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh my God, it was so much fun. I'm so honored to be here in your beautiful home and to hang and have matcha lattes. I mean, Ksenia makes the best matcha lattes, by the way. Thank you. And guys, if you want to watch this on YouTube, this video is also on YouTube. So if you want to watch the faces we're making and the gestures we're making while you're listening, check it out there, Woke and Wired. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, leave a review, and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at Woke and Wired. Stay woke, stay wired, and have an incredible day.